Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. Where's my Christians at? Come on. Where's my Holy Spirit people? Where's my, I, you know, I don't even know what's cool anymore. I'll be honest with you. Man, I don't even know. I don't even know. Jesus just, yeah, done wrecked me up today. And the problem with, with what God does, and you have to preach, or you get to preach, hallelujah, uh, it's, uh, it's often difficult. But what's happening in, in our church, and I believe even around the world, is, is real. Uh, that's an overused word. You know, man, they're so authentic. They're so real. They're so, I, I genuinely don't know what that means. I think there's levels of that. Um, each church takes on its personality and takes on a bit of you and a bit of me. And, um, but God's moving in our church, amen? And so jump in, dive in, get in, and uh, don't take for granted what God's doing. Don't take for granted the call in your life. And, and the sovereignty of his grace and how he moves. And um, he's pretty awesome. He's pretty awesome. And, and um, I, I think at times um, we're, we're not supposed to know what God's doing. And so we'll get down rabbit holes of theology. You know, we got into the Nephilim a little bit. And uh, we get into certain things, which are awesome. I love it. I love all scripture. All scriptures. It's beautiful and wonderful and useful. And then we get into our own little, I think, our things sometimes. And then we come back to, hold on, this is about following Jesus. And uh, so we're doing a series called I Am Following Jesus. And, and just coming back to the heart of worship. Because it's all about you. And we get distracted sometimes by life. And sometimes that's a good thing. Egypt was a place of provision. And then it became a place of bondage. Amen. So I got my underwear all just kind of back. Here we got to, yeah. All right. Hey, it's not an easy job, all right? It's, I'll tell you one thing that preaching makes you do, though. It makes you um, <laughs> uh, forgive people. And, and so become a preacher and live a, live a forgiven life. <laughs> live a life of what are you doing? Let's get to the Word of God this morning. Are you the coolest person you know? I'm not saying that I'm cooler than you. Obviously, I'm not cooler than Melanie. Her uncle started Stumptown. That's right. Yes, hey, there's some claps. There's some claps. Coffee royalty right here in the front row. You're all alone. You're all alone. But you're the coolest person you know. What I mean by that is, do you have an identity where you, you, you have a sense of who you are? Um, we're all a little wacky. Tacky, weird. But do you have a sense that, that, that you know who God created you to be? Yeah. That you have a sense of, yeah, there's always a tension of insecurity. There's always a tension of, of life and who I want to be and who I am. Yeah. But, but there, there, there's a place where God wants you to be, I believe, of not some sort of hyper super Christian. But, but the person he created you to be with, with not as much stuff and what is it? What, what is it? That's, that, I'm so glad you asked. I, I, think, I think it's hunger. Um, the reason I'm chubby is because I can say no to a chocolate chip cookie on Monday night. Definitely Tuesday morning, even though my sons can't. But Tuesday morning, I don't feel like a chocolate chip cookie. Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday. But, but by Thursday night, I'm ready to celebrate all my good decisions. Amen? Anybody? Anybody? It's time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate. Hunger drives so much of our lives. Hunger, even for good things. Hunger can get me into the presence of God. 
And hunger also can get me trapped. Let's read this morning out of the book of John. I want to I wanna speak this morning on just something simple, but I believe God is going to do something profound Amen. in our lives. Amen. Amen. And um, all I can say is follow after Jesus. And, 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 and don't come to church just for yourself. God's really bringing this church together as a family. And I think some of these words are overused. They're cliches. But that's why we're going back sometimes. You know, I, I don't know what's cool anymore. When someone tells me, you know, he, they, I, you see reels and they're like, come on, somebody, come on. And they're making fun of that. It actually makes me want to say that because I don't care. And I will say, come on, somebody. Um, everyone was getting away from membership terms. And so we're like, let's call it membership. <laughs> like nobody calls it membership anymore. Belong class, believe class, partnership class. But everyone comes up and goes, hey, I'm not a member here yet, but they use membership. I'm like, that's it. We're going back to membership. Members only coats. And um, no. But, but when we're following after Jesus, I believe there's some, there's some themes and there's some keys. And I want to look at one of those this morning, I think, of, of hunger. and thirst. What are you hungering and thirsting for this morning? John chapter 4, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Someone say, give me a drink. Give me a drink. Give, give, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me? Basically, she says no. And Jesus says to her, if you knew who was standing in front of you. And the woman says, yeah, but who are you? Who, who are you? And Jesus says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. We're talking about thirst. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. There's some thirsts that I I never want to thirst anymore of. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I I want the everlasting life. And Jesus said, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband. And come here. And the woman answered and said, I don't have a husband. And, and Jesus said to her, yeah, you've well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have, and now Jesus is getting into her thirst. He's getting all up in her business. Because Jesus will not get into your business until you allow him, truly. I know you think you serve a God that's going to break out his whip today and beat you into submission. He will not. He's wooing you. Jesus will take the first step and then ask you to take the next step. Even draw near is because he's already drawn near, but he's not going to pile drive you into submission. He will, he, 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 will, he will approach and then ask you to draw near. And when you draw near, he will draw near. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil. And so he's taking the first step, but he's asking you to take the next step because Jesus is not into force feeding. He's not into taking out his water bong like shoving it down your throat and making you drink. Some of you don't know what a beer bong is, and I don't know either. I've heard it's like a, a funnel attached to a hose. This young, the young people nowadays, you're like, I don't think that's nowadays. That might have been, <laughs> that might have been 20 years ago. Uh, we didn't, I didn't beer bong ever, but I saw people do it, and we Pepsi bonged. We used to, we used to Pepsi bong. Anyways, all right. Go call your husband. And so she doesn't really even know what's going on. But when God begins to move, he bypasses sometimes the clarity of your full understanding. Some of us have bought into this thing that we think we're in control and we'll only understand everything. And, and, and then God will move once we fully understand. But, 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 but you're no better than Abraham. Go and then I'll show. And so oftentimes, man, it is faith. And you respond to God. Maybe today is your day. Could, could you even imagine if today was the day for your miracle? Like little old 12. I can't see the clock. Thank you. 12 o'clock. Move that noggin. 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock on June nothing, 20-something nothing. And maybe today is the day where God puts his hand on you. And leaves you never the same again. He's definitely not going to let you know. He's definitely not going to let you know. All right. I'm out of time. 
Let's preach this morning. Let's preach. You ready for the word? The word is working mightily in me. The word is working mightily. Some ju- there's some, there's some, uh, there's some, uh, what's his name? John Hagee. John, not John Hagee. <laughs> Kenneth. Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin. He used to sing that song. All right. Young people, you ready? You're not ready. Quit lying at me. All right. Here we go. All right. There we go. There we go. There's some hunger. There's a place that uh, receives the word of God. Amen. A lot of us don't fully believe the power of the word of God. That's why we don't read it. And that's why we don't read it over dinner time and with our kids. But when you put back the preeminence to the word of God, it doesn't need to be in some weird way. But when you bring back the preeminence to the word of God, it's the word of God that births faith. Amen. Amen. And so be careful to be around the word of God because you're going to get some faith. You're going to get some faith. You're going to get some faith. And faith will access grace. And grace will start moving in your life. (sighs) Unmerited favor, Bible college students. Unmerited favor. So you had faith for the grace, but you didn't have faith for what the grace would do. So all of a sudden, grace, grace starts doing something. You're like, I didn't, I didn't expect that or earn that. Yeah, that's grace. All right, there's too much going on in here. Let's, let's, let's get focused. You're like, we're focused. You're not. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, squirrel. Lord, we thank you that you are here. And we, in the best and most amount of our abilities God in regards to as we stand here today Lord we put our lives in your hands we believe help our unbelief Lord we give you our lives Lord as much as we as, as much as we can and we ask you to make up the difference Lord we ask you Lord to do what only you can do leave us never the same again this is not about height This is not about the volume. This is not about my voice. Lord, this is about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, we know that something is taking place in the natural, but we understand that something deeper and more important and more real and more awesome is taking place on a different level. Lord, we want access to that different level through your word. And everybody shattered a big amen. 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 Get excited about the word of God. It's something to get excited about. Amen. It's all right to say amen. Whether you're standing next, sitting next to someone, uh, it doesn't matter if, if, they, if they appreciate it. You're the coolest person you know. Whew. That means you can shout a big amen. You can just, it's okay. It doesn't matter what they think. You're the coolest. This doesn't mean you're cool. Okay. So when I was 16, I was on a mission trip to Jakarta, Indonesia. And it was an awesome team. It was about 60 young people. And each of us had a role. Um, I didn't have much of one, but at, at some point in, in, our, in our services, I would share my testimony a little bit. And so we had this incredible uh, Fijian war dance team. Um, and to be on this team, it, would, it required you to be from Fiji and to know the dance that your family kind of knew. And uh, basically, these men were about six foot five, chiseled gods, um, just beautiful, wonderful men um when they would walk by you just you just bowed your head amen it was it was it was a wonderful thing anyways one of these um you know fatal or whatever his name was uh he got sick and it was it was we we, we went to this one school that day and it, again it just just thousands of young people in different schools had joined us it was a big 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 outdoor um church service and um so the leader came to me and said um fatal is sick we, we need you to, to um, fill in for him, and we have no one else. Isn't it awesome to be chosen as, like, yeah, they didn't really choose you. It's sort of like we don't have anybody else, so you kind of have to. Because there's this, there's this little drummer part that they needed someone to, to play. And so I'm like, I'm going to pray about that. Yeah, I'm getting a hard no on that. That's not going to bring God any glory. It's actually going to be bad for the gospel. And I don't do anything bad for the gospel. <laughs> this is not good, okay? This is not good. Um, they're like, no, you have to. I'm like, okay. So I, I remember walking into the bathroom, and again, these, these are just men. They, like, shave their chest, like, before the war dance and, like, do push-ups. And it just was weird. I just felt super nothing, super 
vampire white. I remember I was like super pasty. This was before my, my growth of height. Um, so I was, I was super tiny. And I just remember feeling like a midget just walking out there. And so we walk out. I have these little tea leaves around me and my little skirt. <laughs> the coolest person I know. This was before I, I knew that. And so these men walk out, and I'm, like, walking out. They're, like, going to the back. They might not know you're white. So I'm, like, trying to hide in the shadows. I'm trying to find, like, shadows, the little tea leaves. And the song goes, man. And they're, like, hoo, hoo, hoo. It's, like, one of those, right? And they got the things, and they're, like, Argh. And it's awesome. And then there's me. I got my little drum. I should let you know, basically, there was a little sound system back there, and I had to do the different cues. So I had to kind of be out there. So that's sort of the other side. Why, would they, why did you need to be out there? And so I'm kind of keeping the rhythm to the whole thing, barely, because I don't really have any rhythm. And basically, I'm feeling stupid. I, I, I feel like I shouldn't be here. This is, this is absolutely dumb. And I see this guy out in the audience, and I, I see him right there in the front row, and he's doing this. Uh, 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 dude. And I'm just like, dude, listen, I don't want to be here either. I did not ask for this. If you think this is my version of what I want to do on a Monday morning for God, no, this is not what I want to do. I did not. This, I know I'm not an islander. I know I'm not big and dark and beautiful. I know my place, and this is not my place. I typically stay in my lane. I, I'm the guy at the end that comes up and talks about the God-shaped hole, right? Like that's. That's me. Is is that's that's my job, not to do the Fijian war dance. Everything about it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, and this guy kept like, I'm just like, bro. And, and you ever had a conversation with someone in your head, and you're just like killing them, and you're like winning an argument. Like, listen, dude, don't, don't. Why are you looking at me? And I just, I just, and I'm so angry. I'm just like, hallelujah, die, whoever you are. So. It's really hard to preach the love of Jesus when you have so much anger in your heart. So I, the, 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 the thing is over. We're praying for, for young people. And just like with Carrie, uh, I remember falling in love. And you just, you just like, you know where she's at in the room. You know how some people, you know, like you just know where they're at. Well, I knew where this guy was at. And he was way over there and he kept moving his way over. And I'm just trying to like, hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless this young lady, Lord. I'm just trying to, and nothing. I'm like, I am so much anger, so much like, how dare you look at me? How dare you judge me? How dare you stare at me and ruin this whole day? You know what you did? You ruined this whole day. I'm just trying to serve God, and you ruined it. You ruined it. You ruined this whole performance for everybody. For all these people are not now receiving from Jesus because of you. Oh, you. So all of a sudden, he gets to me. And I can see him coming. He's like, Isaac? I'm like, he knows my name. <laughs> He's like, it's me, Chris, from Sonoma High School. He was an upperclassman, so I didn't fully recognize him. And, and I, it, but then I did. But all of my shame and how I was feeling clouded me from even be able to, being able to recognize someone from my own little small town in California on the other side of Jakarta serving in the Peace Corps. We had a, a couple of hours of conversation that was beautiful and wonderful, but I could not see it because of my hunger and my thirst for identity, my hunger and my thirst to fit in, my hunger and my thirst to reject possibly what God was doing. Your hunger and your thirst might be driving you. Your hunger and your thirst might be, might, might be making you see things that aren't there. You might be making decisions, even decisions that you think are good. Hey, we needed a car. Yes, but was it the hunger and the thirst that drove you to make that decision? Pun intended. It, it, that hunger and, dis, and, and thirst, did, did that drive you to make these decisions or to not do things or to do things? Is it hunger and thirst 
that is really at the core of our life that gets us into bad, to gets us into sin, and gets us even into good things. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Come after me. There's a, there's a hunger and a thirst that can get me even into the presence of God. And there's a hunger and thirst that can get me into trouble because Jesus does not force feed people. And so your level of hunger is what allows you and God to know how much he can feed you. Hunger dictates the level of blessing on your life when it comes to God. I, I know that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big word, um, um, but it is based on hunger. That's why when there's hunger, there's faith. When, when Jesus showed up to Nazareth, zero hunger. This dude's a carpenter, definitely not God. And Jesus said, I can do no miracle. Did you think about that? Jesus said he can do no miracles in Nazareth. That's intense. I don't know why it's so quiet in here. Everybody's thinking about hunger. Are you not, you're thinking about me in that little, that little Fijian <laughs> outfit. You need to clear that screen in Jesus' name. The enemy knows your hunger. The enemy knows your hunger. And that's why he'll set a thirst trap for you. That's the name of this message. Oh, there it is. All right, it's right behind me. There we go. Third, you're like, why is he preaching on thirst trap? The enemy knows your thirst. He knew Eve's thirst. He knew that she had a thirst for this tree that God did not explain why. He only said, don't eat of it. He did not explain why. He did not give the history of it. He said, do not eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden. It's the day that you see, the day that you touch it and the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And so the enemy will set a trap based on your thirst. And so the enemy knows the thirst that is on the inside of your life. And we all have thirst and we have hungers and we, we try to figure out what's going on and then it'll get us into trouble. And so the enemy, he will, he will, he will plant a trap and we will over time continually fall into different traps. And so you tell yourself, I'll never do that again, right? Does anybody ever? No, just me? Just me and Gabe? All right. I will never do, I will never date that again. I will never say, what is that? That's a trap. So you were trapped, but what the, the, the problem is to avoid traps your whole life is exhausting and not what God has called you to do. What Jesus comes along to do is to not just help you avoid traps. He comes to quench the very thirst that got you into the trap. Come on, somebody. That's the Christian walk. It's not to make you the strongest, baddest, raddest Christian on the block to resist the devil. No, Jesus comes along to eliminate the thirst that got you to where that got you and birth a whole new thirst for righteousness and for, and for, and for worship and for prayer. And the reason we don't do the things that God's called us to do is because we don't have any hunger for it. We don't have any hunger for it. And so what do we do? Man, I just got to pray more. I just got to read my Bible more. I just, gotta, I just really need to share my testimony. Okay, that's fine. But all of that comes from a thirst and a hunger after righteousness. So the enemy knows our hunger. He knows our thirst. And our thirst. See, Jesus can't be tempted like us because he cannot be enticed. And so we can become, we can become enticed and, 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 and that's what Jesus wanted to talk about because we want to talk about the bait. Like, man, that person needs to stop, like, tempting me, and that, that thing needs to stop. And I remember even preachers getting up in church, and I threw out the TV. I threw out the TV on Saturday night because there's just a whole lot of smut on there. And I remember talking about, my mom, what's smut? I haven't seen any smut. And so what we do, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. What they're doing is they're saying this is a thirst trap. The Internet, Pokemon, whatever it is, is bad. And so we're going to eliminate it. That's fine. Every girl in this place can start wearing turtlenecks and Amish dresses and hats. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't deal with lust, you will start lusting after those ankles. You will find some skin. I'm not saying there's nothing to modesty. I feel like I'm at a youth conference all of a sudden. <laughs> you can wear all the turtlenecks in the, in the world. But my lust will find something. So Jesus comes on the scene and says, Whom the Son sets free from your thirst is free indeed. And that's why we'll, get, we'll come into different seasons in our life. And we'll go, hold on. I thought that God dealt with that. At a certain level, he has. But there's a little more thirst that he needs to get to because it's the thirst that gets you into trouble. 
it's the hunger that causes even if it's a even if it's a dormant hunger that that something will come up and that you don't even realize it and you get enticed to it and so this hunger and this thirst will get us into trouble and Jesus wants to quench the thirst we're trapped by our thirst and he wants to set us free I, I love this conversation because Jesus shows up and says give me a drink he says give me a drink someone say that say give me a drink the word of God says give me give me a drink give me a drink and 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 you notice that she says she says no she, she has this conversation and Jesus says if you knew who was talking to you you you, you would ask me for a drink <laughs> yeah, what's going on, Jesus? And, and she goes, okay, who are you? Who are you? And, and, and Jesus says, you, this, 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 this water that you want, this thing that you want, will be a continual need. And, and this is what's so tough is Jesus, is he attacking drinking water? Like, the, drinking water is neutral, right? There's nothing wrong with even a, the healthiest of salads with quinoa. Like, why is Jesus attacking this hunger and thirst? He's not. He's describing this parallel world between these desires that happen in the natural. Do you notice that Jesus doesn't say, and, um, you know, we're going to talk about food and water, and that's over here. And in the spirit, he has some Greek word, you know, called heavenly bliss and glory and angelic host. And this is what you really want to crave, okay? He parallels them. He says water and water. Which one are you talking about? It's like, it's like I, I don't know. Okay. So you'll never thirst. So she's confused. She's like, hold on. Are we talking about water? What are we, what are we talking about water? And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't want everyone to thirst again. And, and she doesn't understand what Jesus is talking about. But Jesus keeps, keeps talking and she keeps receiving. And something is taking place. How many times has something taken place in your life and you don't even recognize it until afterwards that's that's the word of god that's jesus is already quenching her thirst and she doesn't even know it and so she's just intrigued she's like well how are we gonna get a bucket that's how far she's off like we well, don't get a bucket for this water sweetie this is this is by faith and this is by response to the word of god amen said, well, how, how do we get a bucket and she was like no this isn't how we talk about it this isn't this isn't but you can tell inside of her heart she goes i would love to not thirst again i would love to not be here at noon trying to avoid all the ladies in the town because they know who i am and i know who i am and that's sometimes the hardest part of life is if anybody knows me it's me (laughs) so when someone says hey you're a little insecure thanks man you got you got a lot of fear on your life thank you that's never set someone free, ever. But it's the first thing that comes, and that's fine. The law came, but the law kills, and the law destroys. Why? It actually only makes sin even worse. That's what Jesus wanted. Sin needed to be revealed, and so that only he can come. The law comes to reveal. So when you actually tell someone, man, you just insecure, you actually just probably made that worse. Because you're speaking that over someone who's insecure. So I shouldn't pick you. Someone that's insecure. Someone who is broken. And someone who's like, hey, stop picking on me. And, 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 and oftentimes we will magnify it. That's why in relationships, if all you talk about is your brokenness and your sin and your brokenness and how everything is broken, you might get stuck in it because you might be magnifying something. You notice Jesus doesn't even come along and condemn her? Oh, hey, you want to talk about thirst? He's like, yeah. And Jesus doesn't even say, you don't even know what I'm talking about. You're so off. Like, it's not even close. He's talking. And she's talking, but she doesn't really even understand what he's talking about. And, and, and she goes, I would love to not thirst again. You could tell. She just, I, I, I would love to not thirst again. I don't even know what's happening right now, but, oh, man, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. And she's talking about water, and Jesus is talking about living water. But, 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 see, he speaks your language. You think Peter knew that Jesus, what he meant by fishing for men? No idea. But he'll come alongside and speak your language in order to bring you closer to who he is. And so he'll reach you. And, 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 she, and, and she doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and, and he, she goes, I want this water. And he's like, all right, go get your husband. And she's like, um, um, <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> because there's always this crossroads in faith. You're like, this was nice. Got the goosebumps during the song. I don't, I don't know if this is the moment where I'm going to go all in and, and sing. 
I surrender because it's a scary place. Because maybe you've done that before and someone let you down. So when you open up all of your heart and you begin to believe with all of your heart that this is your moment to fall in love or this is your moment to start the business and this is your moment to start the ministry and this is the moment and it wasn't the moment it hurts. This woman hurt five husbands. Jesus knows what to do. Hey, go get your husband. I don't, I don't have a husband. Yeah, you don't. You have, you, you've had five. And the person and the man you're with is not your husband. But you notice she goes from talking about that to worship. You, do you notice that she doesn't like stay there? Why? Oh, because he's already quenching the thirst. She she jumps from that to worship. Yeah, but what about worship? Because you all, I, I'm in Jerusalem, and we're on this mountain, and I love it. Because Oh, but other thirsts are coming up. Because what happens when you're in the presence of the thirst quencher, you can trust him. And all of a sudden, you start, you start other thirsts start coming up because he reveals to heal. And you've been concealing it because it hurts too much to look at that. But when, 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 when Jesus, the well of, of life, starts to heal and touch, you start to just, okay, okay, yeah, well, you, all right, all right, you knew that. You touched that. Woo, wow, that was, phew, that was deep and... Wow, he didn't condemn her, he didn't attack her, he didn't tell her to stop. He went after her thirst to quench it, because that's what he does. And she goes, what about worship? And, and um, what about, okay, okay, and he starts talking about those who worship in spirit. He gives this deep revelation to the Samaritan woman, this loose, let's just be honest, broken, willing to sleep with anybody for love. <laughs> This revelation that we quote all the time, those who worship in spirit and truth. She is giving him everything. She's going through the political list, the spiritual list, her personal. She, he's just touching everything. And he goes, I, I, she goes, well, yeah, but the Messiah is coming. And, and Jesus goes, I, I'm, I'm he. So she at this moment, this woman with a bad reputation goes back to town and tells men, hey, I think I found Jesus. And there must have been something on her countenance or in her spirit that says, I don't need what you have, dude, anymore. Because that thirst has been quenched. Because she was able to bring men who would not want to be seen with her back to the well to possibly see Jesus, the Messiah. And so something in her life was different. And so she said, you got to come see you got, you, you got to come back. I think it's Jesus. And so all of these, these people come back to the well, and, and they're coming to Jesus, and he's quenching thirst. And then the disciples come back, and, and they're, they're busy. They're, they just got lunch, and, 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 and they're, they're busy, and they have their own thirsts. They, they have their own issues. And, and this is what's so difficult about serving Jesus is once he takes away this this one thirst in me you know Peter probably was rejected by rabbis and 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 he probably didn't want to be a fisherman but he's his dad's business and so he's got this whole journey and Jesus comes along and says follow me and he drops his net so he's got all this different journey and God heals different 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 thirst and different hungers and then there, there's a status that he reached to to protect the messiah and got to keep got to keep Jesus Hungry, you, 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 you got to fill them. You got to get the sandwiches, and you got to get all the details. And isn't that just like life, though? Is you go super spiritual, it doesn't matter. Just follow Jesus, kids. And then you get super administrative. Okay, is anybody reading their Bibles? Oh no. Okay, okay. you got to set your alarm at six o'clock. Like we, we we'll go in and out of these of these different emphases in life. Because of where Jesus has brought us. And we thought Jesus had stopped, but he kept moving. And so the boys come back with lunch. They're like, Jesus, just eat. Just eat. Why? Because they poured effort into it. And they tried real hard to get the sandwiches and the way the sandwich that Jesus likes. And, and so they're, they're bringing the, 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 the sandwiches. And, and full-blown revival is going on around them. And they, and they can't understand why Jesus won't eat. This whole story is about food and water and water and food, and food, and hunger, and natural hunger, and spiritual hunger, and they're all just kind of like piled up on top of each other, just this parallel, and we can't understand what Jesus is doing, and what's going on, and then Jesus says, I have food that you don't know of. I have food 
that you, why would he say food? Why would he equate the will of the Father with a hoagie sandwich, with, a, with, with food? Jesus says, my, the, the work of the Father is food. That something else is driving me in this moment. That my, my schedule does not go by my body. My, my schedule is not shaped by the flesh. My, my food and my hunger is dictated by another level in a different realm than just what my body needs or what I need. There's something else in the spirit that feeds me that I want. I have food that you don't know of. Worship team, come on up. I have food that you don't know of. Something else is going on. Something else is going on. And so I can even miss what God's doing in people around me or in church because of my own hunger. See, the disciples had this hunger and this need I think to, 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 to figure out who they were with Jesus and they're always trying to figure out what Jesus was saying and they're trying to be good disciples. They're trying to be good disciples and they have this hunger and they have this thirst and so Jesus right now is quenching this woman's thirst and they don't even know it and he's birthed a new, a new thirst in her and in this town and they don't know it because they have their own. I can even miss what God's doing in your life because of my own hunger and my own thirst and I'm frustrated with Jesus, even though I'm close to Jesus, but I'm frustrated because I don't understand what he's doing or what he's saying. I don't understand what he's doing or what he's saying. And so Jesus comes along and says, my food, you want to talk about food? My food is to do the will of the Father. There's food that you don't know of. There, there's something that will satisfy you and drive you that's, that's much deeper than this realm that drives you. So sometimes it isn't just about, but God, you, t- you put that in my heart for uh, uh, that relationship or, or this job or, or the house or the boat. You, you put that desire. But the thing is, a lot of times when God speaks to us, there's still that old thirst and that old hunger that's driving us versus the new thirst and the new hunger that God births in us. And and until that thirst is quenched, it might be driving our prayer life. It might be driving our, our, our preaching life. It might be driving our relationships. And even though the things that are, and hear me, even though the things are good that you want, you want health, you want provision, you want fulfillment, it, it's coming from that old thirst. And until that thirst is quenched, it's driving all these things and frustrating you. So even the disciples are like, Jesus, we're here with you. We've given up everything. We don't understand what you're doing. And he's trying to also quench. Peter, I'm not done quenching the thirst to be important and to be known and to be famous and to be successful. I'm still dealing with the thirst in your life. I've got food that you don't know of. I've got hunger that you don't know of. There's a deeper hunger that's driving me in this this situation. I've got food. I've got work. And there's a thirst and there's a hunger. I'm reminded of that Psalms as the deer pants for the water. It's a thirst. David said, my soul pants for you. There's a thirst and there's a hunger for the presence of God. And so he's quenching and he's birthing. He's quenching and he's birthing. I love this. Jesus starts off weary and tired because that's when we make bad decisions based on our hunger. When we're weary and we're tired. And listen, I don't mean to preach the announcements or anything like that on this, this moment. But what happens is your thirst for rest. I see people do this all the time. They take the summer off from church because they need rest. The, the problem is you're, you might be pulling yourself off from food. 
And so people come back in August. Like, man, I had a great summer at the, at the water, but man, I just got to get back into the things of God. And the reason God parallels these things is because you never really know sometimes what you need. You never really know what you need. Well, I know that I need a family vacation. That's fine, but God says, you know what? I want to I want to I want to quench that thirst because that thirst will never be satisfied. You ever been to, you ever you ever met people that got back from Maui for like 12 days and they're like, "Need a vacation." I'm like, "Okay." I mean, I understand what you're saying cuz I've been there with kids. But like we need vacations from our vacations now. We need vacations on top of vacations. I remember one time coming back from Sun River and uh, I was 12 days at Sun River and I ran into someone that was at 14 days at Sun River. And I was like, God, I need 14 days. I, I, I need, I need 14. It, it, is, it, is it never enough? Because, because some of these things are good. Sun River's good. Maui's good. A new car is good. Business is good. Ministry is good. Leading worship is good. All of it is, are, are good things from God. But so God's not talking about that necessarily. And he parallels them all because he's trying to get to the heart of the thirst and quenching the hunger and the thirst that's driving you because we're distracted by sandwiches and this and that's bad or good. And Jesus like, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about whether it's the woman at the well or Peter the disciple. There's a hunger and a thirst that will cause you to miss what God is doing. And so he says... The work and the will of my Father is food. There's a hunger that ought to bring you into the next season. When Jesus quenches the thirst and the hunger of the past season, he will birth a new thirst and a hunger, and that will bring you into the new season. This hunger and thirst is about to bring you into your next season. God's about to birth new desire, a new passion, a new hunger, a new thirst for the kingdom of God and for, and for church and for prayer and for worship. And so he's, he's, he's the work and the will, the work and the will. And he's quenching thirst and he's quenching hunger and he's birthing new hunger and he's birthing new, new, new thirst. And he says, he says, hey, 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 guys, 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 guys. He says, stop, stop saying four months until the harvest. Do you even realize that Jesus just snuck in a, a food thing? We're so Christian, we hear harvest, we're like, praise the Lord. Harvest, the harvest is ready. The laborers are few. We didn't even realize that Jesus just snuck in another, another hoagie term. Harvest is food. <laughs> Jesus people are food. People are food. <laughs> People are nourishment. So of course the enemy is going to grab a hold of our cell phones and make them the greatest thirst trap that any generation has ever seen because the enemy knows your propensity to look at or listen to or buy or shop or connect or compare. He knows the need that you have just like I had when I was 16 years old and something inside of me, I needed to be loved, I needed to be liked, I needed to be known and so it thwarted everything I saw. I wanted people to be nice, I wanted people to do this and Jesus is saying until I quench that thirst, it will never be enough. And when I quench it, I birth a new hunger and a new thirst for my will. I birth a new hunger and a new thirst for work. I birth a new hunger and a thirst for people. For people. People are harvest. People are food. The same thing that nourishes me. A sandwich nourishes me. The work of God nourishes me. So, of course, the enemy, what does he come along in our generation? Disconnect us. Isolate us. Connect us in a false way. And so we wonder, what's going on? What's going on is we're still thirsty. And what we're trying to do is avoid all the traps. Because we're Christians, amen? Praise the Lord. we got to stop sinning. And get out there and be Christians. <laughs> the problem is we still have this thirst. So it's exhausting us. Because all we're trying to do is avoid traps. When Jesus said, I want to quench that thirst. I want to quench that thirst. I want to quench that hunger. I want to quench it. I want to quench it, says the Lord. Some of you have been at a young age. There's, there's, this, there's this thing 
to fit in or, or be liked or be loved. And all these different seasons come into our life. But we don't understand that there's this, there's this, there's this thirst that's still taking place. And, and Jesus said, I want to I quench it and I want to birth a fountain of life. I want to burn a fountain of life. And this new spring of life is going to be living water that is not only for you, but it's going to be for other people. And you're going to want, you're going to want. Everything's about to change. When Jesus quenches your thirst, simultaneously, he starts to heal. He starts to wash. And all of those issues, how does a woman talk about all the husbands she had and the infidelity and the insecurity and the brokenness and at the same time talk about worship because when God begins to work you don't even know how deep he's going he'll often bypass your brain and begin to wash and heal things that you don't even know but all you know is you can trust him because he is quenching a thirst and a hunger you might have had your whole life and at the same time the unmerited favor and grace of God begins to unleash ministry and begins to unleash the future and begins to unleash your hunger at the same time he shuts off lust he starts to birth ministry and future and it doesn't make any sense but only Jesus can do it only Jesus can do it you're confused I, Lord are we talking about sandwiches are we talking about food who fed you I love this this time I was like hold on who who gave the master a sandwich? And Jesus doesn't stop. He says, you know, you, you, you have to let that go. You have to let go not knowing. You have to let go missing out. You have to let go not being chosen. You have to let go of the mystery that is your life. You have to let go because the same thing that we ate of in the garden, which make no mistake about it, it was, it was something we ate of. That's why communion is powerful because we are reversing the curse by taking in the blood and body of Jesus Christ in faith. And so Jesus is constantly saying, this is food. I got to shut off the hunger that's driving you. I got to shut off the hunger that's causing you to feel and even pray a certain way. You are praying according to your hunger. But when I quench that hunger, a whole new hunger and fountain of living water is birthed on the inside of you. Some of you, God's about to birth a whole new passion, a whole new desire, a whole new thirst, a whole new hunger. You thought being a Christian was hard. No, no. It, it's difficult being a thirsty Christian. Good luck with that. That's why the Bible says it's better to be like hot or cold. Lukewarm are Christians constantly trapped by their thirst. And Jesus goes, let me set you free. <laughs> Is anybody hungry or thirsty? Come after me because I'm the only one that can quench that thirst. I am. I am the bread of life. Only I here eat of my body, drink of my blood. It's water, it's food. It bursts a whole new hunger and thirst. Why do you say four months? The harvest, food is ready now. Guys, it's ready right now. No, no, no. No, you're hung Jesus, you're hungry. You need to eat. Then we'll minister. That's what we all deal with. Come on. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get my Bible. I'm going to clean out the garage. And then I'm going to get my ministry on. Anybody planning 2024 as the greatest year of ministry? greatest year of prayer, greatest year of business, Jesus is saying right now, you have no idea what drives you is your hunger and when I quench it you will never now be the same, you didn't even know that it was your hunger that was driving you and when I quench it you will never be the same you're living off of your hunger and so when you
you hunger and you're in charge and you're in control, yes, you need a year, you need a decade. When you're talking about me, don't say four months, the harvest, people, your money, your job, your purity, your ministry, your worship, your prayer, the work, the will, the people, worship and praise and Bible reading is ready now. I wish I had a dinner bell. That's what Jesus is saying in the spirit. Ding, 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 ding. Dinner time. Dinner time. I don't operate on this level. Jesus said, I don't operate on this level. So you understood me. Jesus, I don't understand. Exactly. You, you didn't look at me. You weren't following me. You completely missed that this entire city is in revival. Because you're thinking about a sandwich. That's how simple we are. Some of y'all are missing this right now because you're thinking about a sandwich. <laughs> We're thinking about bills. We're thinking about things of the natural. And Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus showed up. Who's the well of life? Jesus. A well sits on a well. I'm just getting ready to preach right now, so I hope you're ready. That, that was all just to get to this point. <laughs> Why'd it take so long? Because I'm a work in progress. A well is sitting on a well. <sighs> the Word of God interacts with humanity at another level. What God is speaking to you is that it's at a different frequency. And it's at a different level. It requires faith. Faith can only access grace. Not intellect, not even understand. It requires faith. Faith comes from the Word of God. Faith is, is proof that there is Word being received. And I'm responding. And so the well sits on a well and says, give me a drink. Give me a drink. Give me a drink. Give me why you came here. The, Jesus showed up to the woman. It wasn't mean. It wasn't passive aggressive. It was the Word of God saying, give me why you came here. Give me what you're thirsty for. Give me a drink. She came here for a drink. She came here for water. Jesus said, give me why you came here. Give me your thirst. Give me what you thirst after. Give me what you hunger for. Jesus was saying, give me a drink. If you knew who was standing in front, you would ask me to give to you. I'm giving you my thirst. And when the living water begins to wash, everything begins to spring up. All of her bad theology, all of her thoughts, and all of her past begin to wash away. So Jesus is trying to speak to us this morning and say, when I said I was weary, and when I said I was hungry, I was weary and hungry for Samaria. Give me a drink. Give me a drink. Why? Because what Jesus is thirsty for is you and your life and what you've gone through. It's like a drink of water. So when Jesus says, give me a drink, he's saying, give, give, give it to me. Give, give, give me your life. Give, give me the pain. Give me the trial. Give it to me. Give, give me, why, why were you here today? What, what's driving you? My thirst and my hunger. So Jesus says, give it, give it to me. It's why I'm here. I'm here for the broken. I'm, I'm, I'm here for the lost. I'm here to go to the cross for you and as you. I'm here to take every burden. I'm here to take every thirst. I'm here to take every hunger. When this woman gets set free, she goes back to the village and says, he told me, everything I ever did who gets excited about that I, I've never been prophesied over and someone got me in some deep dark secret I didn't celebrate it I didn't go yeah 
They know what I did last summer. They know what I think. Why would she go back to the village and say he told me everything I ever did? It's because he had already quenched the thirst on the inside of her. And for the first time, she felt loved. She felt known. She felt accepted. And Jesus had already quenched the thirst from the very first moment. He said, give me a drink. Give me a drink. Give me what you thirst for. Give me, give me what's driving you. And I'll give you a fountain of living water. Stand with me this morning. Jesus is saying, give me a drink. Give me a drink. Give me a drink. Give me a drink. Give it to me. Jesus, I came here for a drink. Give me a drink. Give me that drink you need. Give me that thing you thirst for. Give me that thing you hunger for. This moment, is this, is this my moment? It's between you and Jesus. He's saying, give me a drink. What do you thirst for? What do you hunger for? Do you believe that he can quench every thirst and every hunger that's driving you? It might not be what you're doing. It might not be what you're going after. But I'm telling you right now, the thirst can never be quenched on this earth. No amount of money, no amount of love, no amount of influence, no amount of fame, no amount of experience can quench the hunger and the thirst that you have only Jesus Christ the wellspring of life and when he shows up in your life he's trying to get some faith in your heart to begin to believe when he says give me a drink give me a drink give me a drink give me a drink give me your thirst He's saying, give me your thirst. Oh, give me your thirst. Give me your desires. What is it? What is it? He's saying, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me your thirst. Give it to him. Whatever it is. Here it is. something. See, our problem might not be evangelism. Our problem might not be what we think it is. The truth of it is, is we're still going off of old hungers and old thirst trying to fulfill the call of God. And he's saying, no, preaching the gospel is a hunger. The work of my father is, is a food. It's food. It's food. And I'm going to put a new hunger in you. If this is for you, receive this in faith. I know we got to get out of here, but right now, just take a moment and say, Lord, I ask you to quench my hunger to be known, my hunger to be loved, my hunger for meaning, my hunger for success, my hunger to fit in. Lord, I know, 
I give it to you. I give you every bit of drink I'm trying to fulfill with other things. I give it to you. And the Lord would say, I'm about to birth a new hunger for my word, a new hunger for people. You're going to hunger and thirst to preach. You're going to hunger and thirst to write songs. Here it comes. Get ready. You're going to hunger and thirst to pray for people. You're going to hunger and thirst to use your gifts. You're going to hunger and thirst to talk to people. You're going to hunger and thirst for the kingdom of God. We got a baptism. Thank you, Jesus. I think there's a lot of things that God's going to start to bring us into. Come on, Brenda. Awesome. And you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just move in this place. Hey, our altar is open right now. If you want prayer, come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for Brenda. We thank you for her family. We ask you to fill her Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you to touch her right now in Jesus' name. We ask you, Holy Spirit, just come upon her right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, fill her up. Holy Ghost, fill her up. Holy Ghost, fill her up. Jesus, anoint, heal, touch, transform. Come on, sing it out. Sing it out. Sing it out. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, touch it. Jesus, touch it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I feel is, is the reason this is tied together is because we do have one more. All right. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. McKaylee. Well, we thank you for her life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're just touching. Begin to pray for your family. Begin to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Just anoint her. Just anoint her. Just touch her. Come on. Yeah. Just believe. If anybody wants prayer, come on up. We're going to close. But I just believe that hunger and thirst is going to start driving you. I remember even someone asked me, hey, why did you start a church? I'm going to be dead honest. It's one thing I did not get a word for, but my entire life I had a hunger for. And it links people around the world. Someone's going to ask you, why did you come up and invite me to church? Just that I was hungry. Why, why do you wake up at five in the morning and pray? I'm hungry. Why do I keep finding my Bible in pockets during the day? It's because I'm hungry. It's because I'm thirsty. And that's the revelation 
like unto food, the Word of God and the will of God is going to be something that drives you. It's going to be something you want to do. It's going to be something you crave. It's going to be something you want. It's going to be dinner time according to the clock of heaven. Something else is going to be driving you. Why did you pray for me? I was led. I even asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. I want to be led at a deeper level. And all of a sudden, Jesus just began to wash me in, in his word and stuff started coming up. And I was like, I thought I dealt with that. He's like, there's a deeper level of thirst still there, son. There's still some thirst. I, and honestly, I'm like one of the best pastors I know. Because I've lived this. I'm not an Instagram pastor, to my detriment. Instagram came out, I'm like, no! No one's gonna know about us. Then I realized that there is a scripture that how are they supposed to know if a preacher's not sent, so. I love people, that's all I mean. And so sometimes when Jesus quenches certain thirst, and then another wave comes. Jesus, I want to be Holy Spirit-led. Stuff will come up. And some of you feel kind of bad in this season. You're like, why do I feel? It's simply because he's quenching certain thirsts. Because I didn't know how much still maybe was in there to be liked, needed to be noticed. I thought all of my motives were pure, to be honest with you. I don't want a bigger church. I just want to reach people. And Jesus says, it's not the goal, it's not the desire that's wrong, it's not the, it's not the heart thing, it's not that, it's just I'm getting you ready for that. I'm getting you ready for that and I need to heal some, some thirst. Or the people in your life will become drinks of water to you. Some of you are putting a demand on people in your life to be water and they can't. And I know you're thirsty, but Jesus says, give me, give me a drink. Jesus says, I'm thirsty. And that's why the disciples couldn't understand it. Jesus is like, I'm weary. It's because he was weary for Samaria. Jesus said, I'm hungry. They said, we're going to get some sandwiches. He was hungry for Samaria. This was the revival that shook the Samaritans. Ten years later, Philip shows up and brings the Holy Spirit. They're like, we didn't even know there was the Holy Spirit. Now you do. It's the continuation of following after Jesus. But we get confused. God, I thought you put that in my heart. He said, I did. But I got to quench some thirst because that thirst could get you trapped. When Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, the enemy couldn't trap him. Hey, why don't you turn these stones into bread if you're the son of God? Jesus said, man, I should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out. He couldn't be trapped because he didn't have a thirst. And Jesus said, like me, I want to set you free from the thirst that you have I know you want your family restored. I know you want ministry. I know you want the house. I know, but it's the thirst that's wrong. And this is what happens for some of you. This is my last statement, I promise. This is why when you got the house, it did not do what it was supposed to do. You had the baby and the marriage got worse. You started the business and it got worse. It's not the business. It's not the ministry. It's the thirst. So he says, next time, learn from that. And let me quench that thirst so the next car you get, you still won't be thirsty. You'll be able to drive around in that old convertible Mercedes, not thirsty at all when the brand new Mercedes drives by. You just wave and go, ah, it must be expensive. Oh, I love this old thing. The idea is to not live thirsty. I hope imperfectly I could impart that to all of us today as a church because that's really walking in freedom because it's not about the car. It's about the thirst. Amen. Hey, our altars are open if you want prayer, need prayer.